This is Human V Robot, a podcast about the intersection of humanity and technology. Hello and welcome to Human V Robot, a podcast about the intersection of humanity and technology. I'm Andy Van E and I'm here with my sister Heather. Heather, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a busy couple of weeks, but I'm excited to be back yeah. at recording. Yeah, well, I'm glad to have you back. Uh, the solo episode was okay, but uh, it, it's definitely hard to keep talking for more than five or ten minutes on your own. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah. yeah, something I need to practice. Something um, about a back and forth. Yeah, it definitely. There is something about that. Uh, helps you with keep your uh, um, momentum going. Um, anyway, this week we thought we'd follow up. Uh, last week I talked a little bit of, about this, about what robots are good at and what they're bad at. Uh, last week I was talking a little bit about like empathy and like robots that do those kind of things. Uh, so we'll expand on some of that, I think, today. Uh, but the first link, it was pretty funny. The first link you put in the notes uh, was very interesting. It's about this uh, Chinese company that has appointed uh, AI as the CEO of their company. Okay, um, and is this is this fake? I I looked, so I couldn't yeah. find news sources that I would typically turn to that were reporting on this. Right. However, um, it was all over the internet. There was a lot of different um, sources yeah. that said that this is a real thing. That um, she has a name. Uh, what's her name here? I'm going back to this. Um, Tang Yu, I think. Um, yeah. She's a CEO of a humanoid um, robot that's been um, appointed CEO of NetDragon WebSoft, which is a um, video game that make. I might, I might be really oversimplifying this for any gamers out yeah. there, but um, and uh, I, th- I think this is a real thing. Yeah, um, I, I did some of my own research, and I think it is. I mean, the the one I found, I found a, a Yahoo Finance article on it, uh, which I think is somewhat of an aggregator. So I, I don't know how, but that 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 was the one I recognized. It was like, oh, this does look legit. I get like I think it's kind of an interesting. Uh, it, it seems like maybe a bit of a publicity stunt, like. Oh, I think so. Because even in the article, they had mentioned how um, her job was to assist um, the leadership of the company in making good decisions. Um, yeah. And and so that kind of like, oh, okay, so what we sort of typically think of as a CEO's job is just to provide the strategic direction and have creativity and sort of see yeah. what others don't see and the potential that's there. That doesn't sound like that's what this um, uh, job description is yeah. going to include. No, exactly. And I think, it. well, so it brings up so, some interesting question in that like, uh, CEO is one of those positions that, uh, like, you assume it ha- takes a lot of independent thought and creativity. But, uh, but I also think there are safeguards around that, like in 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 a corporate structure, especially this corporate structure. I assume there's a lot of safeguards about what this CEO can do, right? And so, I mean, this is a really sort of deep governance question that affects, this is, comes back to what I talk about in my sort of day job, but, yeah. um, you know, the question of governance and of the CEO's 
because in some companies, the CEO is the chairperson of the board as well. Um, right. And from what I understand about this company, the, the chairperson of the board is the one speaking on behalf of the CEO being appointed. So that's not the case here. Right. Although, I'm, please correct me if I'm wrong there. So um, the CEO is ultimately responsible for operationalizing the strategy as given down to them from the board. Right. Um, and then also for then, you know, putting that into, you know, trickling down through the company. I think a lot of people just think the CEO has sort of full power and control to decide yeah. where and when and why the company goes where it goes. But ultimately, that responsibility is to the board of directors who are the owners, the shareholders of the organization or the company. Right. Um, so in this case, I guess they're you know saying, okay, well, this is... And what a better behaved CEO. I mean, potentially <laughs> yeah. not. But like, if you if you just say like, you know, show up and work every day, all day, like the robot's not going to have a problem with that. And they're going to just execute exactly what you tell them to do. Right. So actually, that that brings up one piece. When I, when I was thinking about this, like, what are robots good at? We'll say AI maybe is more accurate in this case. What, are, okay. what is AI good yeah. at? What, what, are they, what is it bad at? It actually, to me, raises... Uh, an equally valid question is like, what are humans good at and what are we bad at, right? <laughs> yeah. Like in the position of a CEO, a CEO can be an extreme liability if they go oh, yeah. like off the rails or whatever. And I think in this case, like they have a certain level of comfort. They know exactly what the AI will do. And oh, yeah. so... Um, very, so, not very risky compared yeah. to human. Yeah, exactly. So in some of these cases that we see like, oh, you know, like um, last week I touched a little bit on the like uh, therapeutic aspect of like comforting patients and that sort of thing. I think like that's one interesting aspect where like if an AI can get to the level that they're interacting uh, reliably with with people that they could actually be even more trustworthy than humans because like a therapist, a doctor, whatever, they'll, they have ups and downs. They have good days and bad days, right? They have variability in their response where I think ideally they're always, you know, providing the top level quality uh, care. Yeah. Um, there can be edge cases where I think, you know, if, if, a, if an AI can provide some of that kind of uh, care, they, they would be much more reliable uh, than a human. Totally. You know, I think sometimes I've walked into situations, I think others can relate to this, where maybe not with a professional and medical or therapy, but um, is there sort of condition to um, kind of come in as a blank slate. But um, sometimes when you interact with a person and they act in really strange ways that don't seem to line up with the situation, and then suddenly you walk away and you're like, wow, I think that wasn't about, that was about what happened before right. me, that I don't have yeah. access to that information. And an AI is very likely not going to react that way. And I had the same, you know, kind of reactions, like what are, what's AI good at? And like, what's, what are humans good at? And almost like, I'll just sort of give away the conclusion here is that AI is good at and can, well, will be good at everything. Right. Uh, almost everything. Um, it's it, what's interesting to me is it's not so much what it's good at, but to what degree do we trust it, and right. are we comfortable with interacting in it? So anyway, I just okay, I kind of skipped over the whole middle section here. So sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. So the the yes, I I agree, and I think the the question is how how do we 
reliably and predictably get to that point and what does the future look like when we're at that point because i right right now ai can be comically bad as you've oh. posted in in this first link about okay AI pick up, pick should up lines. i should i read the pickup lines because i okay and the one thing actually i laughed at is i'm like what is ai good at okay as i'm making as we're making this podcast i'm aggregating some information i'm searching the internet i'm putting together notes i'm making conclusions and i'm just saying ai would be way better than me at this and wouldn't right. get hungry and grumpy and tired like i maybe was last night i don't know anyway right. um and uh and wouldn't be pulled between their kids and putting together notes and and whatever else so i'm like geez ai would be but then i was kind of thinking like would because then i saw this pick up lines and i just thought i would just laugh so hard and then i thought but would ai appreciate the humor in these pickup lines and to what extent is that beneficial to them because they don't feel bad they don't need to be cheered up um and i i don't know i just thought that was interesting okay so this is a article from vice that says um, so I read the, I was reading, I think I mentioned this before, the book um, based on the blog AI Weirdness. And uh, she had some really funny examples of um, AI pickup lines that were generated in 2017. And the worst one was, you look like a thing and I love you, which is the name of the book. Okay. Um, and so so they've, they've gotten better considerably since uh, 2017. Um, so she's so they've run a few more through here. And I just thought I'd pick some up as well. Um, so some of these are generated, let me just look here, so um, GPT-3 and a few other kind of, if you want, we'll put the link in the show notes so you can see which actual yeah. um, you know, generator they're using here. So um, one of them, you look like Jesus if you were a butler in a Russian mansion. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if that's flattering or not. Uh, apparently I, the AI thinks it's flattering, yeah. I think so. <laughs> Okay, okay, there's there's two more that I just like died. Can I see your parts list? Which kind of sounds dirty. I'll be <laughs> Okay, and then the last one. <laughs> hey baby, are your schematics compatible with this protocol? <laughs> when I love it how it's so like it's just like assuming it's a robot talking to a robot too. Like, can right. I see your parts list? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Oh, anyway. So yeah. those are my. Uh, anyway, comic relief. I highly recommend checking this all this whole thing out. By uh, yeah, there are some funny ones on there. <laughs> yeah, the one I the the first one I saw the first one in that list was I love you. I don't care if you're a doggo in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I love how it's picking up on like the societal moment that's going on with like doggos and yeah, like it's good, got a little good boys. Con- yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> don't care if you're a doggo in a trench coat. Yeah. All I'm saying is I would like to see a doggo in a trench coat. That would really yeah. make my day. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there. Like, uh, as we said, there's lots of cases where they're. Uh, like they can be comically bad and um in cases where they're generating pickup lines obviously it's very low stakes it's can just humorous but like we're i like we're looking forward and thinking more where they're in slightly more critical roles like like we talked like i talked about yesterday like in like medicine in governance like we like we, we talked about with a ceo like if they're in a position of power or a, a, a position where we really are relying on them we obviously don't want those weird uh side effects that uh 
are unpredictable. Oh yeah, like uh, what if AI is your insurance adjuster? Yeah. Uh, or what if, you know, like a lot of these are like US context, so it's like, what if they decide if you get medical coverage? And that makes right. me cringe. I'm like, well, this, that's just, let's not go there. Cause I just, I can't with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, those kind of things where you're really relying on those decisions and you know, what we talk like bias data in, bias data out. Um, what if AI is responsible for hiring you and it's fed bias data and it acts on that and it has no ability to judge that as like morally wrong um right you know and i think that's where the real the risks come with this um whole conversation and the ethics um i, I shouldn't have gone so et to ethics so early on but there no we i i think it's it's kind of the the undercurrent i think of the whole thing is like how how do we do this ethically without because like i was also thinking like in retrospect i feel like we're we may be coming off a little doom and gloom like like oh this is like the end of society sort My of thing end like of jobs. Where, where, yeah, end of jobs, end of every everything, right? And maybe, right. maybe, maybe I'm maybe I am somewhat doom and gloom, but I am optimistic that this will actually uh, help us in in the like in the broad strokes. Maybe there will be pain points and difficult uh, times due to this. And I think there already are, like, people have lost their jobs due to automation and stuff like that already, like, especially in manufacturing and less, uh, you know, manual, those kind of manual jobs, people have already, you know, been affected by it. Um, and even, like, so I, I on YouTube, I keep getting this ad for Zapier. I don't know if you know what it is, but it's like, like an automation thing where you can, like, set up your own automations and they're like, how much time do you spend doing this manual busy work? And I'm like, but that's like a lot of people's livelihood in a, like their in a sense. Like jobs. Their, yeah. their actual jobs. And yeah. like, like. It's, um, swivel it's, chair jobs I heard yesterday at the conference I went to. You know, where right. you put, you're putting information from one thing into another thing. Yes. Your yeah, chair, yeah. your swivel chair. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um so the, like those jobs are definitely a risk, and I think we've we've talked about even more that potentially are, um, but I like I think you're right. Like I think if we're not careful about how we're what da data we're feeding it, what decisions we what we expect them to do, and and are not don't have the right people in place to be evaluating how it's performing. Mm -hmm. I think there can be some very serious outcomes like and it's concerning when companies uh, like the the article I linked last week, like when Google is just laying off people because they're raising these concerns uh, like that's that's mm -hmm. a problem. Like, I, I don't know the full story. Maybe there's other things. But like if it, if there's legitimate concerns about the behavior of the A.I., that needs to be raised as early as possible and be taken very seriously. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing this for? And are we willing to look after each other in a new future where AI does a lot of the work? That's right. ultimately, so maybe my political stripes are showing, but I'm wearing stripes today, <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready to do it. Um, yeah. But look, I think that's where my head goes with this. And I have to say, like, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I think that... 
Um, this is a pretty unprecedented point in time where people have lots of more, could have more leisure time, could have more opportunity to be creative and think creatively and do amazing things with the help and assistance of AI, taking a lot of the grunt work out of our lives. Um, Like, for example, I was reading, like, think of the teacher who is able to connect with their students and have the AI doing all the grading. Um, And, you know, just Mm -hmm. like places where it's just like the work is so overwhelming right now to take some of that off their plate and just allow them to do the human to human contact or whatever, you know. But I think it's like, and I think like the caveat I got to put in there is just like governance. Um, making sure that we are designing these in ways that we're comfortable with and that we're happy with. And uh, anyway, so I feel like I'm really sort of the, the horse is dead and I'm just beating it. Um, but that's that's how I see it. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you, doom and gloom. I don't know. I just, I think that, you know, there's got to be like, there's got to be benefits to it. But I also think like the way that we're innovating with some of this stuff right now is just like the innovation is so far in front of the policy. Right. Uh, that kind of gives me the EBGBs. Yeah. Um, so I think that that could change. Um, and I, and I hope it does. So, yeah. So you, you actually touched on one piece there that, uh, so we've talked about medicine and, uh, and like, kind of a, a spectrum, but I think there's one there that it's like learning, um, like grading things. Like I think uh, that's an interesting piece where there's like a lot of variability between teachers and there could be the potential of like w- with with some AI assistance and uh, that we could get a more um, predictable results maybe from teachers, like in that they're the the assessment and the uh the grading and like part of education i think could definitely be uh augmented with these with these ai approaches but because like as as a parent you don't want like it's great when you have fantastic teachers it's not so great when you're like is the teacher actually giving my child what they need or do they do they have the time or the energy i can't i can't even like i yeah (laughs) i've got a kid who needs a little extra assistance too and it's like just like letting her free into the the unknown of the school and i just don't know who and what and where do they have to and it's like it's just the amount of stress (laughs) i will not enter into it today but it is it's uh i mean if it could allow people to, I don't know, to not be just like at 110% capacity. Okay, I know this is like my dad. Yeah. So our dad is it's like, he's no yeah. percentage is over 100. Um, <laughs> I hear him now. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just like this, that freedom yeah. to just reconnect with why you are in the profession and to not be so stressed out. But sometimes I wonder if we're just doing it to ourselves. People just get more stressed out and then they just get stressed out about being stressed. You know, it's like we're filling yeah. our lives. So if we could also just chill out and not fill our lives so much, not right. feel like our worth comes from our busyness, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, well, that that is a concern, right? Like if, if these AIs are just assisting us in doing our job, does that like all that 
manual busy work maybe that you're filling your days with if you get rid of that does it just ratchet you up to the next level where everything you do is high stakes and like your entire day is full of these things that are critical (laughs) you know yeah maybe checking off that task list allows you to have the downtime yeah um I don't know. I, I, yeah. So I I just wanted to talk about, so it's like as advertised here. Um, So I think what what AI is really good at, I mean, I think we talk about like what humans are kind of bad at and what AI is really good at. It's just dealing with, it's just like a ton of data. Yeah. Um, Just, just going through and crunching, just finding patterns in a big, huge data set. Like humans are dealing with this wiring that has helped us survive, but is not like just data crunchers. Um, And so like, there's just, and um, there's just no way to compete with the amount of and so that that kind of can make up for a lot and that can kind of make things that look human then or or work for humans you know using that uh, tons of information going in can make decisions like if you just feed it just a ton of information it can come up with language that sounds like it doesn't know what it's saying but it communicates because it has had a ton of input it's not going to learn language like a child will learn language um, but it will learn to speak right yeah i don't know if you wanted to add any more to this sort of what ai is like officially like where is it really crushing us (laughs) well so i think we, we already touched on this, but I think the reliability and predictability is definitely an aspect of, of AI that like... Never has a bad day. Yeah. yeah, it never has a bad day. And especially in like manufacturing, that's a critical component where when you have a person on, a, on a, an assembly line, they can have like, they try to eliminate the, the like with checks and balances, eliminate the variability as much as possible. But with robots they are completely you know that that's a non-issue right so um i think yeah that's definitely a piece of it as well in that like yeah they just don't have a bad day um but yes they but again they only do what is in the scope of what they've been programmed to do right? right and the the more maybe that variability will increase if they're you know if they're moving into more fuzzy territory where the requirements are maybe not as strictly delineated like on a on an assembly line the requirements are super clear like you do this like they even i've played around a little bit having some experience in manufacturing with like the the teach uh, like uh teaching robots which is basically just a matter of like moving through a set of actions and then just repeating them essentially Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so that's like very low uh variability in what they're doing like you have some checks and balances on the limits of that but beyond that it's it's not complicated whereas if we were talking about like diagnosing (laughs) uh patients or or grading students those things have a lot more variability. So maybe the output variability would increase. I don't, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> but you assume that with the same inputs, they get give the same outputs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, say, I think like, uh, this is a, some caveats to this would say like AI isn't good at this. And I'm about to say something that AI isn't good at, but I think I'll add the caveat yet. Um, yeah. So AI is not good at 
deciding what to do. Uh, it does what you tell it to do. Uh, you give it a goal and it achieves its objectives given what right. it's been fed, but it can't perceive sort of an environment and decide to act based right. on like some, you know, sense. So I think then that's where you get into things like, you know, because it says AI, I've read things as AI is good at not good at creativity. And then you ask, what is creativity? Because people think of creativity as art. Well, we've already talked about how AI generated art is kind of really getting popular and really coming up with interesting results. And yeah. so, you know, the hu the people that are feeding it prompts, is that the creativity? It's not so much the actual making of the thing. Um, right. And like, okay, but, or is creativity just being able to decide what to do that's novel in a situation that's kind of yeah. different and unexpected and surprising? Um, but, you know, in this case, like we're just saying like AI is not doing that or has not achieved such a thing where it can just, um, you know, it, it does what you tell it to do. Um, yeah. to an extreme degree, sometimes with unexpected results. Yeah. Um, but it can't, um, it can't be sort of, you know, to come up with a, some surprising result that's like, oh, wow, that all, yeah, um, maybe, you know, yet. Yeah. So I think there's, like, I think there's something even more at the core, like, we say creativity, but I, I, I think, like you said, there's been examples where it, it, it appears very creative yeah. but i think like the more at the like closer to the to the actual issue is like uh ai doesn't take have initiative like yeah. to do things on its own right right which is very deliberate like you we don't want ai to have initiative Ooh. essentially right because that, <laughs> that's, that's dystopian <laughs> exactly like there's yeah. a very good reason that we don't uh, program these AIs to take initiative, yeah. but they do like in certain cases, like, like there's even like Google or like Siri or Alexa, you know, if they will, they have a certain amount of context where if you ask them something, they will give you context that you haven't asked for yet. Or mm -hmm. it, like things like that, where it's like, even the, like the most basic example is like, Google saying, well, did you mean X or mm -hmm. did you, uh, you asked that it X and you, Google says, did you mean Y? That's a, a super primitive initiative, but it's something that they are actually quite good at if they know the context, right? Like if they're able to uh, figure out what, where you're pointing and say, well, maybe they mean this because it's much more common or it's related or something like that, right? Right, right. So I think that initiative is something that will be coming more, more and more oh. as AI pro progresses yeah. um, because, because it is quite valuable. Like if you're doing uh, one thing, like having the AI understand a little more context around what it is you're doing and what it is you might need associated with that it can be very valuable it can also be super annoying so that's why they <laughs> <laughs> that's why they don't yeah uh, yeah like runaway initiative is just terrible in ai because if it's yeah. like constantly trying to suggest things and and uh 
it's it's really frustrating to no even with a system like even that, when right? you're like you're you know just, just kind of going around and your phone is like suggesting things or like uh, do you yeah. want to go you know do you want to navigate home you're like calm no calm down like it just just why are you like this you know or yeah. do you want to connect to this whatever right. network I was like no just stop stop with this you know so sometimes you feel like the the sort of suggestions it's kind of just like just always there and you're just like yeah just want to strangle it you know just like stop trying to predict what i'm trying to do um and just work for me you know i think that that is a natural reaction that i've had it's just uh just give me what i want and don't try to guess because it's not helpful right um so Maybe we'll just touch on empathy. Like I, I did t- chat about a yeah. little bit last week. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's an interesting thought puzzle sort of thing. Is like, um, like, I wrote no notes. I do you see my? I wrote yes. the word empathy and then wrote no notes because I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna. That's well, just- you have a whole paragraph under that though about empathy as well. Like, which is, uh, oh, I th- so. Yeah. Like, okay. Let's get into empathy. Let's, let's yeah. go for it. Yeah. So like, um, right now I think like it, it, it's interesting. Like I found it interesting that that Google employee thought the AI was sentient because like, I feel like we're maybe fooled much easier than we would, oh. uh, would imagine. 100%. I was reading yeah. a different book that talked about like how we, viewed our judgment have i talked about this before on here I, well if i, I have forgive me but touched on it, yeah but, so yeah. it's basically people like most people survey say they're a better judge of character than other yeah. people which is yeah. statistically impossible right. <laughs> some people yes. have to be average some people yeah. have to be poor <laughs> yeah so everyone just thinks they're really good at getting a read on stuff yeah you know their judgment's good so yeah 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 so i like even like the personality we put into digital assistants right now, I think we we talk we, like we can. Some people I know definitely talk to them like, oh, you know, like talk to them in relational terms. I would say not as, like not as just a like completely disembodied robot that it actually is like. It, it has no feelings or sentiment, but people get angry with, with the assistant or friendly yeah. or whatever. Like you're like chatting with it. Right. And yeah. that's just a natural thing that leads to this path. I think where I think like people are much like we are able to suspend disbelief and it's sort of like, um, like I, I I think about it in terms of movies, like where in a movie, like it's it's a consumption thing where we're watching it, but we're able to suspend disbelief and and feel like these characters are having these feelings, are performing these actions, are doing these things, and we're going along with it. And I think oh, AI, yeah, the relationship with the AI is kind of similar in that I think we would be able to suspend disbelief and actually enter into this as a experience like a relational kind of interaction does that make yeah. sense no yeah. it totally does because I, I also because i'm um, this is i read a book i read a book i read another book um okay. and, and it's uh it was about um writing novels writing stories and right. it was a very insightful book i thought um because it talked about how 
we experience the story as if we are having it happen to us. Right. Um, so there needs to be a misbelief that the character has, and then that has to. So it's the story is not about the plot, about the things that happen. It's about the transformation that happens in the person's mind, because you, as a reader, experience that transformation as if it happened to you. Right. And the reason for that is that we can live. Uh, the, the reason that's adaptive for our brains is that. Being told a story and being immersed in it allows us to experience something that could be dangerous without right. actually having to be in peril. Right. <laughs> so there's a really obvious <laughs> reason for this. Like, imagine you're attacked by a tiger, you know, yeah. and then what would you do? So it gives you information about how to act and react. And this is pretty much how every single novel that's like, you know, worth anything works is that we experience it as if we are in it. And, right. you know, maybe I, this is just in the sort of like movies, but or in, in novels, but the same thing goes, I think, for movies is that you experience it as if you're in it because it gives you, and you know, you're watching this dystopian thing. That way your brain is thinking, aha, if I'm ever in this world, I know what to do. You know, I've already right. been there. I've already experienced it. I've already lived it in some ways. Um, so, you know, putting yourself in that. So I, I don't know. This, this kind of went really far here. So um, this this is called Story Genius. I don't know. We can, um, okay. if anyone's interested in by Lisa Cron. Um, I just thought it was really insightful. I don't want to write a book. I just thought it was cool. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just think it's kind of this like putting your you know, putting your mind, putting something else, it's like, it allows you to kind of like, it, that yeah. suspension of belief only because then it like immerses you in the activity. I'm not sure how that relates to this, but I just, no, does I, it? I, Do you I, see I, I a connection here? Okay. I think it totally does. Because Tie it with like, a bow for me, Andy. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> okay. So let's imagine hypothetical situation. You walk into a doctor's office. Today, you sit in a waiting room to talk to a doctor. You, you, they take, down your notes, whatever, order tests. Say in a hypothetical future, we have like much more capacity. So you walk in, you're immediately talking to an AI that you explain what's happening. They respond like with with empathy, with like um, like in a social way rather than just a purely digital way that we might expect this AI. Like they're they're responding in a very human way. Yeah. I feel like that is a very simple, similar mechanism where we would say, like, I don't actually believe that that AI is having those feelings and thinking those thoughts, but I can no. suspend my disbelief and interact with them as if they were. And uh, I think, okay. so I think, like, the the path to believable AI or, like, where, where we are able to say... Um, this is a useful thing in the world and I can interact with it as if it's a human, even though I don't at the core believe that it's a human. Mm. I think, um, like, I, I don't think we need to get there completely for it to become a uh, part of our everyday experience. Right. If that makes sense. Like, I, I think, um, because of that mechanism, that that kind of suspension of disbelief, I think it will, and it already does to some degree happen, uh, where we we don't actually believe that the thing has thoughts and feelings, but we interact with it as if it does. But we psychologically experience it as if it were true. Yeah, 
yeah. just just the way we engage in a story and we we yeah. experience it as if it's happening we feel the emotions the feelings yeah yeah exactly we don't believe it's happening but we experience it as if it we is. cry at the sad parts yeah. we jump yeah. at the scary parts totally uh because we're jumping at the scary parts not because we're just like ah, but because we are imagining it's happening to us right so we're actually scared which is why i don't watch scary movies um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I land in a different camp on this one a little bit. I'm, I'm just sort of having, I, 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 I yeah, I, geez, you're broadening my mind here. Like I, I think it's kind of like this, sort of like at the end of my conclusion that I sort of teased the conclusion is that I think that AI can pretty much do the things, all the things that humans could do and will be able to do. It's just whether or not we're comfortable interacting with them as a substitute for a human in some cases. So right. are we comfortable? So it's like kind of this sense of being seen like. We're not going to like probably marry robots, although maybe they'd be more predictable, I guess. But, yeah. you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think like there's like, so in what context is an interaction with an AI a substitute for a human interaction? You could have a, a, a therapy bot because a therapist is really not meant to, you know, maybe a, a, a an AI friend is like a different thing. Right. Um, but I don't know, like in my, I feel like, an AI therapist would be great because it'd yeah. be cheaper and, you know, I could see them whenever I wanted yeah. and I wouldn't have to wait and they would help me kind of realize my own things and then I'd be like, oh, okay, that's good enough, you know, because I don't yeah. really care about the therapist's life. Right. That's not what I'm paying them for. Yeah, um, yeah it's, I think it's more about comfort level than it is right. about capacity here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think we could we talk about that. We, we got to wrap it up, but I think that yeah, I would I would love to chat about that some more because I I don't know personally like whether how comfortable I am with that. Like th those are the thoughts I'm having that where it's like I I think we could suspend disbelief, but again, like you say, I don't know how comfortable we would be with that or if you know. I think we could definitely expand on that some more. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know either. I think that the only way to, I think that, you know, just to like comment on this whole conversation is if listening to some of these things freaks you out, that's okay. And just work with that and just go through it in your mind and just imagine yourself in that scenario. Think about how you would react. And instead of just, oh, that's scary. And I'm just going to run away. I yeah. think the only way you can sort of like work through this stuff is just and actually like expand your mind and how you would interact with all this stuff is just to kind of consider it, you know, yeah. like not as just like, ah, no, scary. It's going to change yeah. some deep-seated belief in me. Yeah. Eh, you know, what What does it hurt to just like sort of place yourself in that doctor's office interacting with the AI who's diagnosing you? I don't know. Just be curious. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely just like at the moment, they're just thought experiments, but they're kind oh, of yeah. try, trying to align thought, oh, experience, thought experiments with what we currently experience and pieces of what we experience. And Yeah. This is not a prediction. No. I don't know. Don't call me in 10 years. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so, no. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting, Heather. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To hear all our episodes, search for Human V Robot wherever you find your podcasts.